Well, hello everyone. Welcome to our monthly broadcast, our off-season, or actually, yeah, it's our off-season broadcast here at MIBTonline.com. Thank you for taking some time to uh, to spend with us. As you might see, I've I've got a guest over here. We'll we'll get to we'll get to our guest here in a moment. We're really happy to have Brian in studio with us. It's it's a little bit different than what we normally do. And we're trying, we're trying to see how this is going to work. So just, you know, obviously bear with us. And uh, we're going to get to everybody and get to our presentations. And we're looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun tonight. I think we're going to do a lot of, uh, a lot of discussion. We're going to have some video as well. So you don't want to miss that. You want to stick around. So we are live on YouTube and uh, as well as our normal streams where this is free to everybody tonight. We want everybody to kind of get an idea of what the new high school rules are going to be as we move forward into the 2023 season, because there's some significant changes this year. The one thing I am going to say uh, about when we go into tonight's meeting is that um, all in all, don't forget that uh, we're going to have our own meetings that are, we're going to have. Our, our monthly meetings are going on now, but then we're going to go into our, our weekly meetings preseason. And we're going to break a lot of this stuff down in our preseason meetings so just kind of an overview tonight, but uh, we, we, I do want to get to get to our PowerPoint and we're going to get to that here in just a second. But before I do that, I want to we, we do have our our normal panel with us. So I want to make sure that I, I get a chance to, to bring them in here. So let's uh, give me one second to do that and we will see what the, what's going on with them. All right, there's our there's our first. We got uh, Bill Lamagne with us. Bill, how are you doing tonight? Really appreciate you being here. Uh, it's good to be here. Looking forward to hearing about the new rules and uh, doing some interaction with Brian. Yeah, it should be. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we also have with us our you know Mike is uh, Mike Billica is also with us. Mike, thank you for being here as well. Appreciate it very much. My pleasure. I love the new feature with the plays that you're releasing and getting comments online. I look forward to hearing more about those. Yeah, you know, me too. I, it's been it's been a cool thing. In fact, actually tonight, once we're done going over these new rules, we are going to break down more, uh, I would say more specifically, the plays that, that we, we kind of hit on them just a little bit. We're going to go through it even more so and break them down and, and, and kind of peel them back because those plays that I think everybody should should be aware of at least you know our, our subscribers and we appreciate everybody who who does who is a subscriber so I mean that's that's a huge thing for us so so thank you for doing that and we're going to to our our presentation tonight so there pop up here in a second there we go so here's our meeting tonight and I want I want to uh, Welcome. Well, actually, before I do that, you know, I don't want to be rude. Let's welcome in our guest. We've got Brian Hoskins with us. Brian, I mean, thanks for being here. You're all the way from Alaska. So, uh, I mean, taking some time out and joining us. I mean, it's, it's hopefully we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. I, I look forward to tonight. I've uh, been excited about the opportunity to come down and, and uh, meet with you, as well as just have some football conversations. That's always a good time. Yep. Football. Football in April, it's coming, but it'll be mm -hmm. here before you know it. And a lot of, uh, it's funny, I actually saw an email today that, you know, even more schools across the country are being able to play some sort of spring football. So it's, it's, it's out there. So there you go. Well, let's get to our presentation. Like I said tonight, what we're going to talk about. So it's, here's our meeting, our agenda. We're going to have our announcements, our new rules for 2023. We're going to go over that. We're going to go over the plays of the week, like I mentioned. Here's our announcements. This is uh, just real, real quick. We're going to go through this. Um, the play of the week is back. You want to check it out. It is on YouTube. So even if you're not a subscriber, you want to go to our YouTube. It's 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 100 free. MIBTOnline.com. Uh, you can uh, on YouTube or you can go MIBTOnline.com/videos. We put the videos there. You can just log in. You don't even have to log in. You just watch the videos. You can comment. You can text us. We do have the text line available tonight. Um, Robert Yabara, unfortunately, is doing lacrosse. He's lacrosse official now. So he's out there running around with the sticks. But I do have the chat up. We're gonna, so if you have any questions, you know the chat number's right there. Or I'm sorry, the text number's right there. And the chat's going to be monitored by Mike for the YouTube stuff. So if you, we'll, we'll try to get those questions answered. But um, you can also, for the play of the week, you can comment 
and, and YouTube and you can text answers and what you think about things because this year they're specifically vague. I'm making them vague. I'm not giving you anything at the beginning. You might be like, Tim, you're not telling us this or that. That might be on purpose. It might be trying to generate some discussion, some questions from you out there. Well, I don't know this or I don't know that. Well, the more you don't know, the more you have to dig into it, the better we're going to be. So that play of the week is back. It's going to be every week. And then we'll break down the, we'll, we'll, like I said, we'll peel back the later layers here on our meetings, but we'll always give a little bit of a tidbit about what you should be looking for on some of those plays. Our meeting schedule, we send it out via email. So if you didn't get it, um, let us know. You can text me. We'll send you the meeting schedule because uh, we're going to do our monthly meetings until August. Then we have our clinic. Then we're going weekly meetings until the, uh, you know, almost the end of the season. So you don't want to miss any of our meetings. The Lamanne's best practices video, like I said, that should be available here in the next month or so. You're going to see that out and available. Hey, this is a biggie. MIBT Apparel is available. You can go to the website, MIBTOnline.com. You can see it's up there. The website's right there. You can go to the store and it's under apparel. You want to get apparel. We got brand new apparel. We want to thank Honings. Honings and, I, and us have partnered up, MIBT. There's a discount code that you can put in for apparel. It's, uh, oh, I guess I didn't put the discount code, but the discount code is MIBT10, and you get 10% off anything, not only our apparel, but anything you buy from Honings, you're gonna get a 10% discount. So you wanna go do that. Go to honings.com, they're up there on our website as well, but you can get the apparel, brand new apparel. It's really good stuff, really high quality, so you wanna make sure you get a chance. I know people have been asking, it's always gonna be there. In the past, we've been, we've had the store on, off, blah, 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 but it's gonna be there all the time now. So go check that out. Uh, so let's see, what else we got? I think for announcements, I think that's it. Yep, we're ready to go to, to the new rules. Now, the one reason why I am, well, I mean, there's lots of reasons I'm glad that Brian is here, but Brian is actually on the committee for the National Federation. He's, he uh, is, is lucky enough to sit in for the rules changes he represents alaska and so real quick brian as much as you can share give us a little insight into that how that meeting goes and i know you have in the past but just to remind people of how how it goes uh exactly what goes on in that meeting that you know i know there's some secret stuff that happens i mean but like just in general what you can share and let us know how a rule goes from maybe a proposal to you know on the table to actually being being changed right you can actually uh, propose rules through your state association. There's a website through the NFHS website, but obviously you want to make sure that your state association is in support of that rule proposal. And then those rule proposals are then divvied up on, onto various committees, uh, which further remind me of, you know, I, I don't see how anything really gets done in our national government with uh, all of the, the steps that one has to go through, even just to propose and get a, a rule change. So uh, the rules then go through a committee where they're reviewed, those changes, proposed changes, and if they come from committee, uh, what's really kind of fun is, is the first night we all meet socially, and that's where the real changes often take place, where we discuss and, and have those uh, give and take sessions, and then the following day, uh, we further discuss the rules, but then we actually vote on those changes. But it's it's that night before socially where we actually get to kind of chit chat and talk and uh, exchange some things and on on those rules proposals. All right. Well, so everybody out there, so that's just a little bit of an insight as to what actually happens with the rules. But now let's get to the rules. All right. Here. So our first rule that we're gonna we're gonna go through, which is is a, is a fun one, is dolls. Towels have always been an interesting one. Now a towel can be any color except the ball or the flag. Ryan, this seemed pretty simple. I mean, this is you know the towel. Now, can somebody come out now? With, since as long as it's you know not the color of the ball or the flag, it can say you know up yours or hey you know messages or anything like that. Are no, those no, allowed? They, no, that's still added to the original rule that uh, limits advertising as well as uh, dimensions for the towel. So it's just an addition to the rule. You can't have additional writing and things like that. So, so yep, yeah. that's it. The rest is the same. So don't, this is just the, it can't be the flag or the ball. The rest is the same. 
So that's pretty easy. So let's go to our, our next rule, player out of bounds. So a player must now reestablish inbounds to catch a pass. And Brian, I like to call this the basketball rule. Right. You know, where it's, if you're really officiate basketball, if you went out, you had to be back in before you can do anything. And it used to be, you could just jump up if you're out of bounds, as long as you're legally mm -hmm. out of bounds, meaning you could have the opportunity to come back, you could catch a pass. And then that was as long as you landed in bounds, but they've changed that now. Right. And you know what I found, always found interesting is that there was never a definition of being inbounds. We had a definition of being out of bounds, yeah. and I could tell you what that was. But in order to be inbounds, it just meant that you weren't out of bounds. So now we have a definition for being inbounds and, and allows a receiver or someone to reestablish themselves inbounds, like in basketball. Yeah. So I think that's a, it's a good way to look at it. We're gonna, so like I said, we're going to have clips. The, the Lemagne video this year is going to be different than it has been in the past. We're going to break down every single one of these with clips, and you're going to see examples. And we're also going to have a meet, uh, meetings on this as well. So we're just trying to do an overview because the other thing that we need to be careful of is that when the Federation, and I'm going to have Brian talk to this here in a second, when the Federation does come out with their rule changes and actually publish them, sometimes <laughs> there are some things that are, are published incorrectly or an is was where it should be an and or a was was, a, was where an is is, and all that type of stuff. And Brian, that, that happens and then there's some unintended consequences. Is that correct? Oh, sure. After a, a rule is passed, it goes to an editing committee who hopefully picks those uh, little errors up. But uh, there are times where those errors do create those unintended consequences and as officials, we have to kind of work through that and figure out really how are we going to make those calls. So that's why we're only kind of doing an overview because there's going to be some stuff that comes out that's going to be like, well, you said this, but it really ends up being that, or it's clarified a little bit more specifically and maybe didn't go the way we thought it was going to go based off of a word. So mm -hmm. just to, so everybody knows that. So that's our player out of bounds. And actually, go figure. Our next one is something exactly that that happened last year. We were able to do legal grounding, and it was clarified this year to the passer who originally possesses the snap only. And Brian, that was one of those editorial that, that it kind of slipped through. There, everyone's like, "Oh, wait, anybody can do this," and and now, no, it can only be the person who originally possesses the snap. That's correct. Right. We started looking at various kinds of scenarios where you pitch the ball here, run here, go that way. Was he outside the extended lateral lines of the? Um, free blocking zone, those kinds of things. And uh, the, the, the rule actually went through a, a couple of changes to utilize the word possesses because somebody said receive the snap and uh, to trying to define what receives the snap means because I might receive it, but I might have muffed it. So the, the word that they chose was possesses. No, and I think that's good. And it's funny going through some of the plays that I've been going through about like when does who, you know, I've got one play that you're going to see here in the future where somebody muffs it and somebody possesses it. And it's like, all right, who gets to, who gets to ground it? Who's got mm -hmm. the, who gets the opportunity? And I, so I actually like the word possession because it, it, it's very consistent in regards to the rule book in mm -hmm. when we rule other times when somebody may or may not have a ball. They have to right. possess it in order for other things to happen. So I think that's a, that was a, that's a good change. But that is an example of where the first year it kind of got screwed up and well, I mean, kind of, and then it ends up, we have to clarify it in the second year. So that's why it goes back to my original point before. So moving on now, um, we also have intentional pass interference. Now, before I say what ha has happened in intentional pass interference, Brian, I need to ask you, and I might even bring in the panel on this one, okay? <laughs> Brian, no. have you ever, no. No, ever, have. ever called intentional pass interference in your entire career officiating football? I have football? never called, nor have I seen it called. So, you have no. never called, no. nor have you seen it called. All right, so Mike, you're in on this one. Mike, have you ever called intentional pass interference in your career, ever? No, and we've talked about this, and some of the older guys have said they've never seen it in 30 years. In 30, 30 years. Okay, so there you go. Well, let's go to somebody who's been officiating for 30 years. In fact, maybe even a little bit longer, Mr. Lamagne. Have you ever seen intentional pass interference? Have you ever heard of it being called anywhere in high school football or anywhere? Not, not for the purposes of what this rule is going to, uh, to, to state. No, uh, haven't seen it, don't want to see it, won't see it in any games I'm ever involved in. 
Right. So it's it's one of those rules where all right, so nobody has seen it, and it's it nobody nobody has has called it, and in the end, what what are we going to do with it? Well, guess what? Here it comes. Let me bring it up again. Well, guess what? It's gone. Potential pass interference is gone. It's no longer. Can anybody? I'm going to go to Brian. Brian, I'm going to put you on a spot. Well, you know what the uh, enforcement was for that? It was an additional 15 yards, or you could award a score. Yeah, it was double. Yeah. It was double. Well, so nobody yeah. got some good examples of that as well uh, moving forward. So you want to want to check it out. So no more intentional pass interference. That one's an easy one. All right, now things are going to get a little bit more complicated. Contact on a defenseless receiver. And I'm going to actually pull up the full because I want, I want to read this. And it says it's, it's not verbatim. It's probably going to be a little bit different when it comes out, but at least in the words. But, the, but what we have here is, is basically what's going to happen. No player shall execute force, forceful contact against a defenseless receiver unless the contact is incidental as a result of making a play on the ball or initiated with open hands or a wrap-up style arms around the body tackle and a bona fide attempt to tackle a receiver. Now, this is also, this can go both ways. This is the offense and the defense. It's not just one or the other. It, you know, interception is part of this as well. If somebody's going up for an interception and they can't be taken out, the contact has to be bona fide attempt or a legitimate attempt at the ball. It also has to be a wrap-up style type of, of a play, and it can't be forcible if the, if the, if, if the player is defenseless. Now, Brian, we're going to break this one down too. Mm -hmm. The most important thing about this rule, though, is that people have to understand what the definition of a defenseless receiver is, because that's going to determine if this even even applies. If somebody doesn't apply the defenseless receiver part, like if somebody catches the ball, comes down, and is now a runner, different things can happen. So I think that's. Would you agree? That's kind of a port, important point of this that you have to understand really who and what is a de defenseless receiver. Sure, in, in the fact that uh, we're now recognizing that a defender is also termed a receiver, that he can be considered a receiver, and he can be uh, hit illegally in, in an attempt to go up and intercept a ball. Okay, so so I mean that's one to think about that if you you can it can go both ways. And there's a lot of things that can happen on this one that we have to be aware of because of its different types of contact. And I think we're going to do a specific uh, session on this during our clinic. We're going to do an hour session with Steve Coover from California. Now, California has been implementing this interpretation for a while now. So he's run through this um, but we got a ton of plays in the Lamania video too that's going to really peel back the layers on this and really give you an idea of what is and is not legal and based off of the definition on certain things now brian in in, in alaska did you guys have uh, i know mike has talked about before on our panel here how out east they've they've kind of you know made this a little bit more restrictive already how did you interpret it in alaska before this rule change well we looked at any kind of what we would consider to be an illegal hit against a defenseless player. So that generally would include a defender making an interception along those lines. And, and if we felt that it was against a defenseless player, we, we would call that. Okay. So did you, I'm just saying, did you require the wrap up in Alaska as, as part like, or, you know, cause sometimes people just get run over and as long as it wasn't like, any other tort, uh, sort of illegal contact, if they were making a play on a receiver, it didn't matter what type of contact. Did you guys, you, were you a little bit restrictive on we, that? We were, we were restrictive on that and that we looked for um, that the tackler, if you want to call them that, had some kind of responsibility to make an appropriate hit on the, uh, the receiver. So, like I said, there's some states that have already been doing this. Other states have not, but now everybody's going to do it. And like I said, we're going to break it down even more when we get a little bit closer to the season or when the Lamani video comes out. There's a lot of plays on this one. All right. This is another good one. This is another one that's going to cause some, some confusion, possibly for people who have been officiating college. This is, this is what we've been doing already. So a new basic spot enforcement about fouls behind the line of scrimmage. I'm going to bring this one up full screen too because it's kind of verbiage. Um, if a foul occurs behind the line of scrimmage, either by the offense or the defense, and remember that it's either by the offense or the defense, the enforcement spot of the foul is now the previous spot and not the spot of the foul. If using the all but one 
principle or it's the end of the run, related run if the end if the if it ended behind the line of scrimmage so if the run ended behind the line of scrimmage so basically what that is saying is now if you have a foul by the offense and the you know, holding or or whatever illegal block legal block in the back and occurred behind the line of scrimmage and during the play that's where the spot of the foul would be well a lot of times we, we'd go, depending on what the type of play was, if it was a loose ball play, if it was a running play, the run ended behind the line of scrimmage, we would enforce from the, the, the basic spot would be the spot or where the run ended. But if the foul was behind the basic spot, all but one, we would go to the, ba- we would go the, the basic spot of enforcement now becomes the spot of the foul. Same thing on a loose ball play. Quarterback drops back. You got a holding on a tackle. Well, it's a loose ball play when the ball gets thrown. Well, great, we go back to the previous spot, but wait a minute, we had the foul behind the basic spot, so we enforce from the spot of the foul. Well, now we're getting rid of that. We're, we're changing it, it all to where now it's just the, what the actual enforcement says by the book. All but one's been adjusted. There are four uh, exceptions that I'm going to get to that in a minute, but actually four or five. I mean, to kind of, and if you, we'll get to the exceptions in a moment. There are some exceptions, but basically, I think it's going to. The file, and I'm gonna. I should let Lamagne talk on this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna because this is this. He's been lobbying for this for like I don't know since he started high school football. But um, he, he, this it's it's now less restrictive against the offense because if you would have had if you think about it a penalty where they are are called for holding ten yards behind the line of scrimmage and then you walk off ten yards. That's twenty. It ends up being almost. It could be you know, first and 20 or first and 30 or first and 40. It just depends on where it might be. So it, it puts the offense at a significant disadvantage. The flip side to that, quarterback drops back to pass. Defender gets called for holding because he can't throw the ball to him. He gets called for holding. He scrambles and gets sacked. Well, what type of play is that? It's a running play. So now if he got dropped for a 20-yard sack because the defensive player held his receiver, oh, guess what? The defense is still going to net a 10-yard loss on that. Oh, not anymore, because now we're going to go back to the previous spot because the ball, the the, the run ended behind the uh, the uh, the previous spot. So there's there's so there, like I said, we've got some really good graphics on this that we're going to break down. Before I bring in Lamagne, uh, I'm going to talk to uh, talk to Brian. Give me some reason. I mean, this is a biggie. This is a huge penalty enforcement change. And what were some of the ways that it got facilitated? Well, one of the biggest was just that inordinate amount of of a penalty enforcement and at the high school level is is it really possible for a team to come back from a first and 27 as opposed to a first and 20. So just that uh, foul seemed to be excessive. Uh, One of the other things that we also considered was just that how many holds actually maybe start at the line of scrimmage and by the time that we see it we're we're five yards deep And, and really the hold if we saw the entire play at the point of attack um, really could have been called from the previous spot. So just so to that's, consider. That's, a, that's an interesting thing. You didn't even mm-hmm. think about that, that just from the flag standpoint. Bill, it finally happened, my friend. It finally happened. What do you got? I mean, you're, you're probably happy, aren't you? I'm, you're gonna... I'm happy about it. Uh, I can remember when I was doing work with USA Football, I'd get a chance every couple of years to go to Indianapolis and sit in on a couple of the committee meetings about the rules. And I used to just love to hear the arguments back and forth between the, you know, the advantages the offense is going to get, the, the disadvantage the defense is going to be at. And, and all those things would go back and forth. And like you said, th- that holding penalty that now makes it first and 30, first and 25, whatever, versus a first and 20, um, th- there was no reason for it. Or the quarterback who gets pulled down by the face mask 15 yards behind the line. You know, so now you're just going to go back to, to the previous spot with the penalty enforcement. Uh, you get the down over, but, but uh, no, it should be previous spot. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that they finally, finally came around on that rule change. I want the high school game to be the high school game. It doesn't have to duplicate what the college or the pros do. But at the same time, this is a change that I think that was – was long overdue, and, and I'm glad they've done it. It's, it's going to be good for the high school game. No, I think you're right, Bill. And it, because I actually, you know, the offense, the way I would always look at it is that, you know, oh, well, you were the offense you shouldn't have held. But where it really hurt 
was the defense. And then to your, to your point about how is it right in any code that if I, I foul as a defender something, and now there's a running play, and I, I drop them for a 20-yard loss, and it's only 10 yards. That made no sense at all. I mean, I agree. Like, I, I think the penalties, just like I said earlier, even on the offense, were excessive. But you flip it, it was way more restrictive on the, de- you know, on the offense when they got fouled against. And I think that in itself is even bigger. And I don't think people realize that that – because I saw more people screw that enforcement up because they didn't think it was right. It just didn't make sense from a common sense standpoint. Yeah. I probably a few times in my high school career probably walked it off as a previous spot foul, um, <laughs> assuming that no 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 uh, dig at coaches. But I've heard they're gonna know they, well, they yeah, got their right. penalty yeah. moving out. Let's exactly. move on with life. Probably don't know anyways, but uh, so Brian, that's like I said, this is a good change. I think um, we're gonna get some. This is another one that. We're waiting for some clarification on exactly how it's going to be be worded because it's. I think it's going to be very similar to the college one, but in the end, when it comes out, there you know there's a there's a couple other things. Now I don't want to leave everybody hanging. I was like, well, Tim, you said there were some there were some exceptions to this, and there are some exceptions to this, and we'll get those here in a second. Let's bring those up. Our exceptions. Our exceptions are if we have illegal batting, illegal kicking, illegal participation, illegal forward pass, or intentional grounding. So if you if you have any of those fouls, it's the same enforcement that you've done all along. So if if it happens to be a, a loose ball play where and you've got any of those that happen, and now you're supposed to go back to the previous spot, but wait a minute, the foul's behind. The, the, the previous spot, then we're going to go with the spot of enforcement as the spot of the foul, no different than we've done in the past. One other little thing to this, too, is that for fouls that are, by the offense that occur in their end zone, they still will result in a safety if they're accepted. Mm-hmm. So this is not – so even if it's just a holding foul and you've got a hole and it's in the end zone, well, well, wait a minute, Tim, you've just told me this new rule change I'm supposed to go back to the previous one. Well, no, now if it's in the end zone, then that is – also, how it used to be, it's going to be a safety um, if they accept the penalty. They do have to accept the penalty on this one. So it was funny. I've talked to some other people, Brian, about all these exceptions. I know one guy he, who was on the rules committee who I spoke with is just like, I didn't want any of those. I just wanted it to be straight across the board. Because when we start adding exceptions, it's just always it makes it more complicated. Why do you think those specific? I mean, we know why intentional grounding was. We know why the, the you know the this, the safety part. But what you know in the end zone that makes sense. But what are, why were some of the other ones added? If you remember. Oh, I don't remember why the the batting or the the kicking remained, uh, the spot foul. Um, I don't don't recall the discussion. And I think just the intent of the new rule over overrode that, so that people were so excited about the idea of previous spot fouls now that. We could we could overlook those exceptions and, and let those remain. Yeah. So here's here's the thing is that for those of you who like I said who worked college before, this is going to be a really easy transition. For those of you who have not worked college, it, we're going to have to peel back some layers. And I've actually had some discussions with some officials out there, some trainers of, of associations and units and whatnot across the country that are still waiting for the actual uh, verbiage of this because they don't want to interpret wrong. And, and, I, and I think there was some, some documentation that out there that had, it was kind of contradicting or wasn't correct. But I'm really under the, under, you know, from my understanding is that this is going to be a, um, just like the, basically just like the college. And it's pretty much what's gonna happen is if you've got a foul and other than those accepted ones, uh, the exceptions, I should say, you've got a foul and it's behind the line of scrimmage. We're going back to the previous spot. Offense, defense, whatever. Just keep it simple. If you've got a foul that's behind the line of scrimmage, or the or the play ends behind the line of scrimmage, we're just going to go back to the previous spot, and we're going to enforce it there. And if you just try to keep it simple that way, then I think it will it'll be easier. Now we've got a bunch of graphics that we're going to do on this. A bunch of plays with arrows and a whole bunch of stuff um, that'll help walk through this. 
but uh, just try to keep it as simple as possible, I think, moving forward. And we're looking forward to kind of breaking this one down and actually seeing the actual verbiage when it does come out. So points of emphasis. This is an interesting points of emphasis this year. I'll, I'll say that. Helping the runner, coach official communication, and game management. So I had a discussion with uh, uh, another rules committee member about helping the runner. And, why, and I asked them, like, what are they, what are they looking, looking at? Now, it's my personal opinion that what they're looking at, they're, we haven't had a problem as officials in, you know, calling the, the, the guy who picks up the runner and carries him in like the ball. Okay, everybody can see that. That's not, that's, that hasn't been an issue. That's a flag. Or the guy who turns around and actually pulls the guy forward. Everybody can see that. And at every level, that's been a, been a helping the runner. Now, where things get confusing is that at the NFL and at college, I can push the runner, and that's not helping the runner. But in high school, you can't push the runner. You cannot do it. But now it becomes, well, why is this even important? Because most of the time the forward progress is stopped anyways. Can we just call forward progress and be done with it? Maybe yes, maybe no. Brian, I don't get your, your opinion on this. Like I said, some others have said, what was the purpose of this? What are we talking about? Do we really want to open this can of worms? But I think with some high-profile plays that have happened at the higher mm -hmm. levels, it's going to, you're going to start seeing the mimic plays, I like to call. So what, what is your thought? Right. We, we're, we're starting to see some of those plays in Alaska where basically we call it pushing the pile, where uh, it's, it's a short-yarded situation. The running back comes up into the scrum, if you want to call it a scrum, and then just the pile gets pushed. And we, uh, about a month ago, our association had probably a 45-minute discussion on what the rule says about pushing the runner, pushing or pulling the runner, as opposed to pushing the pile. And so we tend to lean towards pushing the pile. But one of the, some of the things that we actually do look for is once that runner's feet come off the ground, he's no longer in charge of his direction. And uh, for safety reasons, we, we, we want to kill that play at that point. So that's interesting that you say that because I, my take on it is that helping the runner, the runner is defined. The runner has a definition in the rule book. Mm -hmm. The runner is defined. A pile is not defined. That is not defined. Right. So if I come up and I push, uh, if I push a lineman, or I push another lineman, or even another running back who doesn't have the ball, if I push anything other than that, I can't be flagged for helping the runner because I'm not helping the runner. <laughs> I I've always been under the like where if if and I've got a play that we're gonna have where you can see the guy goes up and puts his hands on his, the runner's butt and pushes them. Okay, that that's helping the runner. Mm -hmm. That everybody you know and but what's forward progress stopped? The other things that we, so we're, we're gonna break this down more. But it's just interesting that you say that your association tend to lean lean towards pushing the pile. I mean mm -hmm. I I don't know. I mean let me you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in. I'm going to bring in our, our, our esteemed panel here because I want to see I want to see what maybe what they think think about this. Bill is helping the runner, the runner or the pile. What is your th what is your thought on that? Well, I mean, I think it's difficult when the piles are there that you can you can um, decipher that they're pushing actually pushing the runner. Uh, so I, I'm in favor of just leaning towards. If I if I've got my hands on the runner and I'm aiding that runner, that's one thing. Uh, I'm I'm not big about trying to get it on the piles. Okay, so you you don't have it on the pile, I, I, and I like I said I agree with you. I'm going to go to Mike because I'm sure Mike has had these type of discussions uh, in his associations. Mike, what is your what has been your well, locally? What have they talked about in your associations and just personally? What do you think? Yeah, we're we're not having the push from behind being called as a foul. We, we're really trying not to have that as a foul in our association. We're looking for a lift and carry or pull instead. So you you guys have even gone the other way where if, if they're pushing, as long as they're pushing, then you, you guys are just not calling that. Is that correct? Okay. So, yeah. see, see, there you go. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I said in, in when I was doing the Lamani video on this subject and that's why we're going to get a little bit more into it later is that it's been i think it's a point of emphasis because of the the, the other levels like we talked mm -hmm. about but also because of it not being officiated consistently across the country and i'm sure that's what came up in the meeting mm -hmm. so 
Anyway, so our next point of emphasis is uh, coach official communication. Hmm. I can only wonder what that's about. So did they really feel like that, that wh who's at fault? Who's, who are they kind of like in the rules meeting as far as you could figure out? Who are they putting the blame at? They want us to do better or they think the coaches need to do better or it's a two-way street? I think it's a two-way street. As you know, there's a, um, a scarcity of officials nation, nationwide and some of that is due to the treatment that officials receive from coaches. So it's a, it's a two-way street. We want to be able to as officials communicate with coaches openly and also have that reciprocated in a professional and respectful manner. All right, well, by the way, I appreciate everybody who's watching. Nobody's texted in, hopefully our text is working. And I'm gonna to go to Mike to see if anybody had any questions or anything. And I'm gonna let Brian kind of sum this all up here when we're done. We got one more point to go through here and that is game management on our points of emphasis. So game management, you know, that's we talk about that a lot here mm -hmm. about we're game, you know, the best officials are the game managers, people who can manage the game, not, you know, not that you, you, you can't, you should not be good at calling holding or be good at calling separately, especially safety files. You got to get all the safety files or even getting those formation files. But in the end, if we can manage the game, that tends to be a higher level than it is when um, if, if you just even have some some rule knowledge uh, stuff that might not be at the top of your game. So, I mean, I'm sure that was discussed. It, it was. And, and in terms of game management, that includes really so much, uh, not just the, the coach communication, but also knowing when and, and how to call various fouls and when it's appropriate. Safety fouls, of course, we want to make sure that, that we get. But also the management of the game. The, the, there's been some discussion of the lengths of games and, and how the games tend to seem like they're getting longer. And you know, how, how do we manage that uh, from an officiating standpoint? Yeah, I, I, I think those are all, all good, good points on that. So we did have a text, but before I get to the text, I want to... I want to uh, I want to bring in I want to bring in Mike. Mike, have you uh, have you seen anything in the chat? Did anybody have any questions or anything like that? We haven't had any questions. Um, we just have some folks not wanting to be a pioneer on aiding the runner. Um, but there's a good, there's been some good discussion. Just no questions particularly for the panel. All right. So let's see. We did we did have one here. One text that just came in, and they gave an example. And this the, the legal kicking thing is always a, a fun one to me. But they said they got a bad snap. And then a forty-seven illegally kicks the ball twenty yards behind the line of scrimmage. The exception to the new rule prevents the offense from benefiting in that situation. So you see what you see what they're getting at, Brian. That now where it was a spot foul, they they could go and they could take it there where now they have to go back to the previous spot. But I mean, that I'm sure there's always some things that aren't going to always be, be easy or like be fair across the board. Is that correct? Yeah, every rule change, you're, you're going to find some, maybe a loophole or just some kind of inconsistency. So uh, those might be ones that we'll just have to uh, see how they play out next fall. And <laughs> Well, we just had another question, which is, this is a great one. And this, there, this one might be coming in soon to a rule book near you, just not this year. Why didn't we just go illegal touching on, you know, the, the player out of bounds? And if a player steps out of bounds on their own and then comes back, it's illegal participation. Where like in other codes, it's just illegal touching. And it's a five-yard penalty, you go back instead of this whole 15. Why wasn't that, was that discussed or is that on the, is that coming on the back burner? Well, I, I, I tell you what, there are some really smart people on these committees. People that have been on the committees for, for 30 years and people that have been officiated at all levels. And what I saw in this particular rule, just for defining what inbounds really means, is uh, I believe he's probably establishing himself inbounds to uh, make a, a further rule change. I think those, like I said, that might be coming to a, uh, a rule change near you. Mike, what do you got? Yeah, so we have a question. Um, the previous spot would be the original line of scrimmage, correct? The previous spot is the original line of scrimmage. That, yeah, that's, that is correct. I'm, I'm, I'm curious what the context is. I guess, sir, I guess he's that. asking about you know, position laterally as well. Oh, position laterally. Well, Brian, previous spot, line of scrimmage, right? Uh, line of scrimmage, but I, I think maybe what he's asking is uh, position on the field, left or right. 
center. Oh yeah, previous spots, previous spot. Yeah, it's a, this is a previous spot enforcement. So that's a good. That actually is a good. That is a good question. Thank you for for, mm-hmm. for clarifying that. But yeah, that is it, a, the previous spot is the previous spot. Just it would be no different than if we had a previous spot file in the past. If we're enforcing from the previous spot, it's where it was previously, not necessarily where the the run ended. Because in that case, then it's not the previous spot technically. So, um, Mike, uh, anything else? Are we are we good? We're good to move on. No, that was it. All right, all right. So now it's time to get to our play of the week, our plays of the week. Let's get uh, let's get our first one up here. This is a this is a good one. So, like I mentioned before, we've got these plays of the week, and we're gonna break them down here more so than we do on social media or on. on so just be be ready for that. You're going to see them. We're not. I'm going to give little you know tidbits of things you could have looked at, things that you can bring back to your association if you happen to not be a subscriber to MIBT, which we encourage it. But um, things you can bring back. But we're going to actually break it down for our folks here a little bit more in depth because there's some things that we I think we can learn. So let's go to our first play. This is a play from a couple weeks ago, and this was the pitch play. So we're going to let this one run out just for those who you could see as we've gone wide on it. So the first thing, is this a forward or a backward pass? That's the first thing you got to ask yourself. Now the ball is muffed. Now it's muffed out of bounds. Now remember, this is, it might look like a college game, but we're doing high school rules here, and it doesn't matter even if you are doing college, it's the same. But anyway, so now you see we've got the ball goes out of bounds. So my question to everybody was, what do, what do we have? So how do we rule on this? And the first thing that you have to do is you have to look on this one. We're going to roll it back here just a little bit. Is like I said, you have to determine if this is a forward or a backward pass. Now let's walk it through, and you can see the quarterback has the ball. He still has the ball. Now look at the position of the running back. So you can see the running back is clearly behind him. He's clearly behind him. So it, it it's it's smelling like a backward pass. Now same thing. He's still behind him. It doesn't mean it, but it's a good indicator. It's a good way to start. Now, you can see the big line. That's the nice thing is we got a nice big line involved here. So where he throws it on the big line, now he catches it. It's real tight. It's real tight. And he doesn't catch it. He just makes, he makes, uh, he muffs it about right there. So that's really, really tight. It's either, you know, looking at it, we're looking at it from above. We're not looking at it from from the sideline, so I don't think if this was a replay situation, it, 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 we would ever we would be able to do anything with this if we were if we even had you know replay on the game. So that's the other thing to consider is that this is one where we might not be able to to do anything with. But looking at it, it it's it's up to the official. The official on the line of scrimmage is going to have to make this this ruling. So now it's muffed. Okay. So first part, if you have this. If you have this as a, like I said, a forward pass, if you're the line of scrimmage guy, you need to be coming out hard and just waving it off. Incomplete, incomplete, incomplete. Don't give a crap about what happens else down the line. You don't want to think about any of that, okay? Because it doesn't matter. You just made the call. You said it's an incomplete pass. So who cares what happens next? But if you wait on this and then you come back incomplete pass, you lose credibility. So just make the call because it's a bang banger. It's going to go either way. So that's my, my first point on that. If you're going to go that route, all right. So let's let it let's let it continue on. And you and you can go ahead and text or chat if you've got your own opinion on this. Now the ball goes out of bounds. So now what do we do with this ball because it was muffed forward? Now remember, in high school we don't have this where we go back even. But it doesn't matter. The initial if you have it as a backwards pass. The ball was backwards initially, and now it's muffed. A muffed. We don't have force. I think Brian. No, people get force confused. Force only has to do with the goal line. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to. People are well, you forced it. Yeah. No, we don't. We can kind of use it to help guide us. But on a play like this, there is no force. It's just a muff. So it doesn't matter if the ball went forward. It's still live. It's not dead because it was a backward pass that would just happen to be muffed forward. And I think some people get that confused. I mean, would you would you agree with that? Oh, oh yeah, I think so. A lot of people, times people think that because maybe it was muffed forward or uh, batted in one direction or another that uh, we've changed the force. But no, we haven't. Right. We we have not changed the force. So there is no force. 
it's at the goal line, you know, the force be with you, whatever. It's all at the goal line. All right, so just keep that in mind. It's a good way to discuss it, but ball's out of bounds. This, if you have it backwards, this is where it's, it's going to be marked, okay? And I'm going to let this play out in a second. But before I do that, we did get, we do have one person who texted in, and I think they said that they have this as a forward pass. So if you have it as a forward pass, great. And you got to come out, got to come out hard, incomplete if you do. I'm going to go to Mike. We're going to bring Mike in here real quick. And uh, let me get Mike up. And all right, Mike. What, what do you have? Forward, backwards? I mean, how would you rule on this play just from what you've seen on the play of the week and whatnot? I mean, we have to realize that the video here is in a better position than any wing official would be on the field. And this is a wing call all day long. So the rule of thumb is if it's a, if it's a play that's designed to be a backward pass in the backfield, and this is clearly an option play, we, we assume that it is, we need to have 100% affirmative information that it's forward in order to rule it a forward pass. I know... There's a no cheap fumble thing, but then you could have a second pass and we don't want to make those illegal and then find out later it was backward by a hair. So this is designed to be a backward pass. It's a backward pass. Um, I, I, my I like that. Here is, my ruling here is that the, the, the offense gets all the forward progress that the football carries on its own as it goes out of bounds. There's no loss. It doesn't go back to the spot of the pass or where it was mopped. Where you go right to the spot, the 38-yard line, and whatever that means down in distance, that's where we go. Oh, I like it. I like that. And uh, so I'm going to bring in Bill. Bill, you see the play. What do you got? You got forward or backward? I've got a backward pass. And I, you know, your point about if you have it forward, you need, you better come in, signal an incomplete, have a whistle on it and sell it right now. Uh, this pass, this, this is, again, the big line helps you a little bit. But most of the time, you're not going to have a big line. You got to make a decision here. You got it backwards, then we're just going to take and continue to officiate. When the ball goes out of bounds, stop the clock, get to the spot. That's where the ball's awarded. And that's, I like it. So let's, I'm going to let this play out. You guys are going to find this one very interesting. And, and, I don't know, there's this guy out there who makes fun of baseball umpires a lot. His name is John Boy. He's a he's a lip reader. Well, we got a we've got a lip reading situation here. So you, I want you're gonna see. Look at our H. I mean, if you can read his lips, I have this as a forward pass. Ruling on the field is a forward pass. Okay, I don't have a problem with that. If he wants to call it a forward pass, but what? That's why I was saying earlier. You see, I don't know if you can see it. I have this as a forward pass. <laughs> so, so that's what I'm saying, Brian. You got to come out. You got to come out hard if this is a forward pass. And I don't have a, It's a tough call. We just talked about it in depth, but you can't. You got to. You got to come out hard. Yeah. Then we got to unpeel this one now. I, mean, I, I think you have to really sell whatever call you made. And, and I really like Mike's uh, football sense in, in identifying that the play was designed as a backwards pass, as a, as a pitch, and we can go ahead and roll with that. In this case, you're not going to get it wrong one way or another, but you need to come out and sell your call. Well, right. And then when you're on TV, there's people out there who can now read lips. <laughs> so just know, just know that. And if you're going to, he's on the radio, he's on the O2O, he's saying it, but now you got to unpeel this one. And I just think in the end, it, I don't have a problem with it being, I agree. I, I would call it backwards. Same thing with Mike. I, I'm punching that sucker backwards, but if I'm going to go, if I'm going to go forward, I'm going to be wrong strong. I'm going to go out and come wrong strong with it, and I'm going to, I'm going to call that sucker the way I see it. So, um, so, just, uh, so that's breaking that one down a little bit more. So now we're going to go to this is, this is a really fun play. It, and I even worded it funny on YouTube and stuff like that because it's, it's like you're seeing flopping in soccer. Flopping is a soccer thing. It's making its way to football, American football. Here you go. All right. Well, maybe some people don't think it's this. So we had this play last week. At the end of the play, you see a little, little action at the end of the play. I can get a close-up of this if I can get my mouse out of the way. Bunch of flags. Um, <laughs> now, I want you to watch the player at the end as well. Watch this. All right. So we're going to show it again. I want everyone to watch. 
I want to, just to watch it in real time again, and then we're going to discuss this. We're going to go around the panel. All right, so you got that play. You see what happens. You see what happens there at the end. And then here's a close-up. Yeah, a little uh, much. And then this is like, whoa. And now just number five. Okay, now he, he, all these flags come flying in. He's pointing, he's pointing, he's going, he's pointing at the flag. Look, you got called, you got called, you got caught. All right, so I got a lot of things on this play that, that I don't <laughs> like. But, Brian, since you're sitting, standing next to me, I'm going to let you break this one down here first. Well, my, my first thought was I, I'd, I'd, I'd let it go. But I would probably pull them together and have a quick discussion, with, especially at, uh, at a high school level. Pull the two players together. One, I saw the, the, the action, but the action wasn't enough for me to throw a foul. Now, if I had flags on the field, um, I'd want to make sure that my uh, colleagues on field had seen the entire play. Did you see that initial push? Did you then see uh, the defender retaliate? And, and really, did he retaliate enough to warrant that flop? So those are some discussions I'd have. But I think overall, it's a no call from my perspective and, and probably talking to those two players. All right, so you have this, you have this as a no call and talking to the players. Mr. Lamagna, you're up. <laughs> what do you, what I, you I have? I agree with Brian. Uh, this is a situation that you get in there and talk to them and, and uh, you know, basically tell them that this, this, this isn't going to be tolerated. And, uh, and if you're going to talk to the players, make sure the word gets to the coach because I don't want the coach coming back later saying when I do flag the kid, hey, if you had told me, I would have fixed it. Well, that sounds good, but most of the time they don't fix it. But I want to take that argument away. So I'm always going to, if I have to talk to a kid about a potential situation like that, word's going to get to the coach too. Now, if the flags are there, then we're going to have offsets, uh, you know, uh, and, and wipe each out. And then, then the message is sent. You don't want to do it again, you know. Okay, so you're going to have, you, you're going to, you know, talk to, but if you have the flags, you're going to go, go offset. Okay, I like that. So let's go to, let's go to Mike on this because I know I'm sure, Mike has got something. You can go ahead and text out there if you want. There's a text number, and you can let us know how, what you think about this one. Mike, what do you got? Um, I'll just start off with the comment from YouTube. That is that they feel that because the flags on the field were there, that they were justified, that, they, that the officials saw the push by um, number five, and we should, we should not flag the retaliation. Um, but in my opinion, whether we have the flag on number five white or we have retaliation, we have the offsetting fouls, I feel that as a crew, we have to get in and dead ball officiate. Um, when, that, when that runner goes in towards the end zone, there are some officials in the offensive backfield, maybe on the offside that aren't, that aren't actually ruling on touchdown, that could be getting in and noticing that players are away from the ball and still pushing and shoving. And we could put a stop to that before it comes to a late shove. And when we do have flags, I think we need to hustle in. Um, I don't think we had we had enough, um, I guess, um, you know, acceleration from officials coming in, and that allowed the other team to kind of gesticulate a little bit more than they needed to. But at the end of the day, I think I'm with Bill that this is a preventative officiating opportunity rather than a, an opportunity to put flags on the ground. All right. Well, Bernie out there says. Not enough. I like, I like that, Bernie. Thank you so much. Now, this is, what, this is my take on this, all right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back, and we're going to run it through. And I'm gonna, I, I, I think I'm not calling anything right there. I don't, I'm like, I see the flop, and I'm coming in, and I'm like, but if I agree that the officials are on the game, they're the ones who have been there. If they think that this is, that this is they needed to get in and do this, fine. But the one thing that I'm definitely getting is that right there. I am getting that. That's a UNS, a UNS all day long for that player who flopped. I'm going to get his ticket punch. And not that I'm out on a, ven a vendetta or anything, okay? That's, I want to be very clear. But that is a taunting act to point that, hey, oh, you got the flag, you got the flag. That can lead to something, in my opinion, that can lead to more stuff down the road. And if you're going to go an offset on this one, if you're going to go one way or the other, you know, this or that, one's going to be a UNR and the other one's going to be a UNS. It's going to end up being the same thing. 
because, well, I mean, I actually know it wouldn't be the same thing. The enforcement, because where it took place, would actually be different. But that's how I'm going to rule on this because I want to get that out of here. I think it's, I do think that it's a flop. And my initial reaction would be to talk, get up, and then, you know, he's probably not doing that if he doesn't get the flag. So you don't even, you're not even going to get to that point. But I, I think if you're going to go an offset, then I, I, I want to I go UNS on this one. Because are you going to touch on number seventy three's little uh, celebratory dance? Number seventy three. Well, I didn't even know. Well, let's see. Let's look at number seventy three. Oh, from the his his flag, yeah. or because he got the flag there, or because I think he's celebrating because of the touchdown. Well, he points, and he's celebrating the touchdown there. Now he's pointing, and here comes the flag, and so now <laughs> we have a dance. Well, these are these are all all things that we have to. That's why they pay us the the big bucks, and we're gonna. We're going to call it a night, but before we do that, I just want to run through the panel real quick and just kind of to, to go back to Mike and see, Mike, hey, do you like the UNS or do you like another UNS? I mean, do, is this still a whole bunch of talking to? What, what, what do you got, Mike? No, I, I agree with you. I think especially you've got a flag down already um, for the shove. Um, it, it really does some service to the game if we get a flag on the uh, point as well. I think that, that that'll prevent further actions down the road we don't want players taking things into their own hands um that well i also think something. i also think it, yeah. it's going to prevent it's going to prevent a flopping too you know like mm -hmm. i just I, sure. that type of stuff bill you know like i said I, I agree initially if we can talk to we can talk to we're probably not even having that point or that dance if we if we have the talk to but i mean if you're gonna do you, would you do a, a one unr and a uns or do you got two UNR? i mean i think a uns is a good idea yeah, uh, you know, I guess technically, again, by high school rules, the push, if you considered to push a foul, that's a foot, that's technically a football act. It's a UNR. So that, yeah. would, that would be a UNR. But the point, that type of stuff that the player in white was doing was just, you know, that was bogus. Plus the fact that he, he did exaggerate his <laughs> effort going to the ground. Exactly. So I, I like I like UNS. But uh, anyway, that's the meeting. I'd like to keep these to an hour and our off-season stuff to get everybody out and enjoy the weather wherever you're at, the summers. Uh, I want to thank everybody going to be here, but i got to thank every, our panel because they, they took some time to be here. Bill, thank you for being here. I hope, I hope you enjoyed it. hope you learned. You, know, you, got, you got your wish this year, Bill. You got it. There you go, yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to it. We got... Uh... Got a trip coming up too for two That's weeks. That's right, you're going Japan. to Japan. Football. Yeah, Japan. So uh, Bill's going to be in Japan working, and uh, and I'm going to get to another thing that's going on here at, at the end with with all of us here actually are in, in, in the room right now. So that's kind of cool, but uh, or virtually in in the room. Mike, thanks for being here. Any last comments or anything you want to add? Oh, no, my, it's been my pleasure. And I just want to be able to know that um, we have a Japanese uh, viewer, Japanese official, who's watching the meeting tonight. Maybe you'll see him when you're over there. Um, but we had a good number. We had 23 people watching on YouTube, and, and uh, it was a great crowd. Did you get a name? Yes, I have a name. It's, uh, it's Kaisuke, um, Kaisuke Tomita. Oh, Tom. Yeah, I know Tom. <laughs> Yeah. That's what he goes by. It goes by time. Yeah, no, but I, Kuske I met at a, at a camp a few weeks ago as well. Good. So, well, there you go. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And, I, you know, and I apologize. I have to apologize real quick. We had a text and I, that came in, and, and, and thank you for asking this question, okay? I really mean that. And if you have other questions like this, please do. They asked, what's the difference between a UN, what's a UNS and a UNR? And that's fair. Unsportsmanlike is a UNS. Uh, unnecessary roughness is a UNR. And we kind of use it. It's, it's a codes that are sometimes on penalty reports. And a lot of us know them, and we kind of take it for granted. And maybe everybody knows what they are. So I thank you. I mean, I'm 100%, you know, I'm sincere. If you've got questions like that and we, we, we skip over something, we make assumptions, call us out. We will definitely roll it back because, yes, UNR is unnecessary roughness foul. UNS is an unsportsmanlike. The difference is, is that a UNS foul counts towards uh, disqualification. A UNR foul, an unnecessary roughness, doesn't, unless it's flagrant, and then you can disqualify. But that's a whole other 
whole other ball of wax. So, but thank you for asking. Seriously, really appreciate that. Brian, so one of the things I mentioned with these guys is that you, myself, well, I mean, you live there, but uh, Mike and Bill and, uh, and Alex from uh, Florida, who uh, works with Bill and, and before and the international stuff, we're going to go up to Alaska and officiate on the northernmost football field on the planet, the, the five of us, in, the, in August. So that's a pretty cool event, isn't it? it? It will be. I'm really looking forward to, one, just meeting everybody in person, and then, two, the opportunity to, to go to a place that is will be just foreign to you. It will be foreign <laughs> to you, just the, the lifestyle and, and the culture and the people there. But they are so welcoming, and they love their football. And uh, fortunately, though, uh, you, we'll be seeing you in, in mid-August as opposed to later on in the season. That was where... done on purpose, I yeah. think. Yeah, good yeah, move. yeah. Good move. <laughs> so we're going to do that. We're going to have more coming on that in the future. Um, we're going to try to maybe try to raise some money for charity as well if we can. If we can figure that out. So just keep a keep an eye out to our social media. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk more about it. And so. Uh, like I said, I want to thank Mike and Bill for being here. I want to thank Brian. Brian's in, in studio here in the Vegas area, and he took the time out of his trip to come here and join us. So, Brian, thank you for your insight. I appreciate it very much. Man, I, I appreciate the opportunity to be here. And, again, it's just fun to, to talk football with, with other guys, especially in the offseason. Looking forward to becoming a better official and gleaning what I can off you and, and the others out there, as well as those that view online. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully uh, people were able to, to catch this, and, and I'm glad Mike gave us some statistics. So I want to thank everybody who watched, took the time, was here. We'll be back next month. Look for the plays of the week. Like I said, those are free. We want you to subscribe. We want you to be a member. We want you to have, listen to these meetings. You can. Here's the great thing. All the meetings are available on demand. So even if you miss them, you can go back and watch them later and get all this great stuff. Watch them on your own time. Consider subscribing, only $49 a year. And if you do other sports, we got football, basketball, baseball, softball. We're going to add sports all the time. So, like I said, appreciate you taking the time. Till next month, I'm Tim Kiefer for Brian Hoskins, for Bill Amanye, for Mike Billica, and all of us here at MIBtownline.com. Have a great night, everybody.